Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit. Blubber. Oddment. Tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is what if? Hi there, listeners. I'm Jem. And I'm Ria. And today we're talking about mini hypotheticals because we've both had a pretty crazy week and we haven't really prepared for this episode so (laughs) (laughs) so what if we just talked about some potential hypothetical things that could have happened in harry potter (laughs) what if instead of doing one big episode about one topic we did one episode about like uh, 20 mini topics and that way we don't have to do a lot of research and planning and preparing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What if I just made some stuff up on the spot? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's what you're in for this week, listeners. But um, next episode is going to be our three-year anniversary. Holy crap. Isn't that exciting? I realized that today. But we've been going for three years, and that's really exciting. And if you've been with us the whole time, hello, Sarah. Uh, (laughs) And if if you're a new person. Hello, Belle. And hello, Dad. Um, Not even hi, but if you're a new person, no, she gave up on us. That's that's fair, fair and reasonable. But if you're a new listener, not like our mother who hasn't given up on us, congratulations. I guess we've been going for three years, and that's pretty exciting. And we love you. And thank you so much for listening to our rubbish. (laughs) All right, let's get into the content. Let's get in. Yeah, let's do some hypotheticals. Do you want to go one at a time? Yeah, 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 let's do it that way. You start. All right. What if part of your soul was trapped in a preteen girl's diary? Hmm. I mean, <laughs> it depends on the kid, but I'd probably try yeah. and be supportive and nice and just, like, you know, help her out. But if she was a bitch, <laughs> fuck them kids. Let's say it's let's say it's Ginny in this instance. Oh, Ginny, yeah. I'd be so supportive. I'd be like... I know you're nervous about your first year at Hogwarts and you're literally in the same house as your dream boat, but just take it easy. Just have fun and be yourself. Like focus on your studies. Try and try and like make a friend. That's like a cool girl who doesn't be mean to you or anything. Like get a nice friend in every class. That's what you do. Good advice. Yeah. (laughs) And don't be too, don't be too fussed about like crushes or boys or anything because you don't need to be worrying about that when you're 11. Yeah. It'll come in time. But also, what if you have to try and steal this girl's soul in order to resurrect yourself? Hmm. Hmm. That becomes less of a wholesome scenario then. (laughs) I don't like this. I don't like this what if. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess I'm going to try and... I'm going to do what Tom Riddle did, basically. I'm going to like try and make her trust me. Share details of my life that are actually lies and just, you know, get her on my mm. side, make her, like, pour her heart out to me, and then I just take more and more of hers. That's basically what I would do. I think I would be like, give this diary to a criminal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll try and steal their soul. Pick yeah. your worst enemy and then give them this diary. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, actually, because the only reason it was Ginny was because Lu- Lucius was setting up this plan to d- debunk um, Arthur Weasley. Yeah, actually, if I grew attached to this girl, I'd just be like, all right, drop me in the lap of um, Draco Malfoy, <laughs> a narcissistic <laughs> little prick, and um, I'll use his soul instead. That would be ironic. What if Draco had found the diary and started writing in it? I don't know. I feel like <laughs> Draco's more accustomed to dark objects, so he'd probably be like, hmm, I better not write 
pour my heart and soul to this diary. He's also not desperate. Like, Ginny didn't have any yeah. friends. She was completely new. She felt like no one really wanted to be around her. She was very shy. Draco's not that kid. He's got, like, goons he can bitch to and rant to. He doesn't need to do it to paper. Yeah, realistically, I don't think um, Malfoy would get drawn in by the diary, but it would have been a funny little ironic twist against Lucius if he had. Yeah, suck shit, Lucius. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of just being a sentient diary. Mm. Like, I know Horcruxes are evil mm. and all about trying to resurrect themselves. Or I don't know what Horcruxes do, actually. They're just sort of They're bad. They're not sentient, are they? I mean, I think they are. has part of his soul in it and he can talk through it and manipulate people, but it's not as if the diary itself is sentient. Oh, do you think Voldemort was working through the diary? Well, yeah, that's the plot, right? <laughs> like, no, I thought I thought the diary was like an independent being. Like, the the part of Voldemort's soul was separate from him I mean, and he couldn't work through yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, no, obviously not Voldemort is like behind the scenes, like, oh, I can sense that my diary's been activated, I'm going to send it thoughts. But no, it's basically just Voldemort's soul in the diary and it's just acting exactly as Voldemort would in that circumstance. So it technically is just like a little replica yeah, yeah. of him. Yeah, right. Sorry. Okay, we just misunderstood each other there for a second. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if I was a living diary, I think that's kind of fine. Yeah. I kind of just like the idea of being a book that can just write back to people and like tell them my secrets and know their secrets. That is cool. It's very I think that's a pretty good way to live. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily have to steal somebody's soul. I think I'd just be content to be in a diary. <laughs> well, it's all you've ever known. So it's not like it's like, oh man, I wish I had legs like the aerial problem. You're just all good. Well, I don't know, because it's got the memories of Tom Riddle. So I assume that it knows everything that Voldemort knew before he made the Horcrux. Hmm. The diary might have seen Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Do you think Voldemort went to see Wizard of Oz? I mean, sure. I'm sure it played at the orphanage, like on like a crappy little television. It was the only <laughs> thing that they had on Mo- back then. Like, it was all they had. That and the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. The moon landing? Wait, when was Voldemort in the orphanage again? I'm fucking bad at dates. The moon landing was 62 or 63 or something, right? And Voldemort was in the orphanage in, like, the 50s yeah. or something. So, yeah, before the moon landing. Never mind. No, wasn't he in the orphanage in, like, the 20s or something? No, it was, like, the 40s. God, I don't even know. Really? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, thanks for coming into our podcast. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next question. I'm sick of it. We're, we're terrible at this. <laughs> um... What if James confronted Voldemort in his stag form? This is one I've seen floating around online on Tumblr, and I've also, my boyfriend has talked to me extensively about it before. <laughs> it's basically, it's referring mm-hmm. to the night of Halloween when Voldemort came to, you know, mince the potters. Uh, what if James, instead of running downstairs one less to, I don't know, confront Voldemort and try and tell him to leave, what if he ran downstairs, told James, told Lily and Harry to get out of there? Voldemort like opens the door, and there is a giant stag <laughs> that just kicks at him or <laughs> rears at him or something, and tries to fucking chop. Like, what, what does the stag do? Where it like pushes its horns into someone? What's that called? Charging? Yeah. Um, charging, yeah. I guess. Ramming, Ramming, maybe. I don't know what. The- or is that only? Is that when a ram does it? I don't know what the action verbs for <laughs> <laughs> stags are. I like to think that this isn't a hypothetical, that this is what happened. Because we know on that Halloween night when Voldemort attacked the Potter house, like you said, James was wandless and he went to go and confront Voldemort and try and hold him off. And I think the most powerful wandless magic that James likely has at his disposal is the ability to turn into a big fuck-off stag. So I like to think that the moment Voldemort opened the door, he was charged by a stag. (laughs) And maybe pierce through the gut with a big antler. <laughs> but that didn't happen, because Voldemort didn't limp up the stairs. He just killed James instantly. How do you know? Were you there? Because that's how it was described. Like, it didn't fucking- Voldemort didn't open the door and go, fuck! <laughs> or, like, have an exclamation <laughs> or be like, ah, oh, a stag, or anything. Like, he just fucking <laughs> laughed at James and then, like, killed him. Like, it, was- it wasn't, like, a big shock moment. And he didn't get gutted by a giant stag. So unfortunately, it is a hypothetical. (laughs) Damn. Okay, well, maybe he was just silently gutted, or maybe he laughed at being gutted. (laughs) 
We I don't. mean, I think if I was about to murder a family, like a young family, and I kicked down a doorway and I just saw a giant fuck-off stag there rearing at me, I think I'd probably laugh too. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, this is about what I was expecting. <laughs> but yeah, I like this one. It's just so funny. It's such a tragic <laughs> event. But when, what if he did that? What He could have survived, maybe. He might have had more potential to survive if he'd appeared as a giant, huge stag shocked Voldemort because that's got to be pretty shocking and then actually tried to gore him with his... oh yeah but I don't know Voldemort's reflexes are fucking lightning quick I think he could have possibly hit Voldemort but I don't know if he would have survived because he wasn't trying to survive he was trying to buy time exactly. for Lily and Harry to I don't know do something yeah. <laughs> escape I yeah. guess so like I think maybe the fight with Voldemort would have lasted a bit longer I'm not sure how much longer because I don't know how well Voldemort would do in a fight with a stag. <laughs> it's like when, you know when you're in high school and people were like, you're naked with a sword, do you fight a, a bear on roller skates or a shark with like an icicle helmet or something? And you're going to like do that, you're going to run it through in your head. So it's like <laughs> Voldemort v stag. A shark with an icicle helmet? Yeah. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> okay. So you're naked with a sword. Do you fight Voldemort or do you fight a stag? I fight a stag. I feel like I've got more chance against a stag than Voldemort. Yeah, me too, which makes me think that Voldemort would still win yeah, the Voldemort fight. Would very, stag. very Voldemort easily. Voldemort might have been shocked, but I think it, inevitably he would have killed that stag. Yeah. But I like to think that he maybe would have gotten gored beforehand. Yeah, a little bit. Because I just think Voldemort could do with a good goring. Yeah, it's what he deserves. He should get his guts torn open more often. <laughs> What if we got to name Albus Severus oh, Potter? okay. I would name... Well, first of all, <laughs> none of the kids would be named what they are. <laughs> they would not be named. Exactly. I would rename all of them. Yeah, they're all fucking stupid. Like, Harry, I, I know that some people love the sentimental thing of naming children after people who have died. I hate it, personally. It's it's unoriginal, yeah. for one thing. It, it like, it detracts from the personality that the child is going to develop in their later life. And if the person that you're naming them after was a particularly important person in your life or the lives of others, then it puts an unnecessary pressure on that child to perform. So it's just, no one wins. <laughs> Plus, they've probably got a stupid old-fashioned name anyway, yeah. so it sucks. Like, <laughs> give them a cool name. Name yeah. them Throckmorton. <laughs> I... <laughs> this is my son, Throckmorton, the skateboarder. <laughs> And Throckmorton's like, yo, and he like skates board into the room, like knocks Hogwarts cut castle over. Everyone's like, whoa! And he's like, you know what? You just got, you got Throckmorton. <laughs> Fuck, I love Throckmorton. Throckmorton, <laughs> Throckmorton skateboarder Potter. You were named after a really sick Tumblr meme, I guess. Oh, and then like Rose can be like my cousin Throckmorton, and she fulfills the meme. Um. <laughs> I agree, not with the, not that Harry's child should be named Throckmorton, <laughs> but with the general principle that you shouldn't name your children after your dead yeah. parents. If you want to honour a parent or someone who's died or blah, 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 mm -hmm. middle names. I think, like, Sirius as a middle name, Lily, James as yeah, a middle name, that's, that's, fine. that's fine. Or even, like, Whatever. initials. Have yeah. the same initials as your great-grandfather or something. Because that was what happened with my name. I was yeah. going to be, if I was a boy, I was going to be a J name like Poppy. Or if I was a girl like I turned out to be, mm -hmm. I was also going to be a J name like Poppy. So that's just another subtle <laughs> way to do it where it's not shoving it down people's throats and putting that pressure on the child and giving them a shit name. Mm, yeah. Definitely. But just, I just want to point out real quick, I love that you said if I was born a boy, I would be given a J name as if you didn't get given a J name despite the yeah. fact that you're a girl. Like, just... Just say I. My name was going to start with a J in honor of our grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I get confused because, like, I, when I was, I wasn't supposed to be a girl. <laughs> like up until the moment I was born, they're like, "It's a boy, yeah. it's a boy," and then I was born, like, "Oops." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were one hundred percent going to be a boy. Everyone yeah, was convinced, God. and then at thank the thank God, I came out like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine having a younger brother? That's disgusting. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the state of affairs as they are. But it's very funny because 
your name was like a panic. <laughs> like, what are we going to name this child? We've got a name all picked yeah. out. And I just sort of had to go with a friend. Like, uh, they phoned a friend. They literally phoned a friend for my name. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and neither of them can agree with what country your name comes from or what it means. This is going to be very confusing to our listeners who only know you as Jem, but you have a really weird yeah, name. Yeah, I go by Jem just out of anonymity because my name is like no other. <laughs> People have probably been assuming this whole time that my name's like Jemima or something. It's not. <laughs> and it will remain a mystery. The reason we decided to go as Jem and Rhea in this podcast is because we both have very distinctive names. Mm. And while, like, without a surname, you might not be able to find either of us easily, both of our names together and the fact that we're sisters, anyone who knows us would be able to identify us. And we wanted a little bit of anonymity. So we had to come up with pseudonyms. And that tells you how distinctive our names are. I mean, sure, we love interacting with fans and please interact with us, but we do need that bit of anonymity because we are two women in the world and it just be like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's just the way it is. So, obviously, that's influenced our opinions on names. People should have their own names. They should have their own identities. They just have a unique It's name. okay if somebody has the same name as you, obviously, mm-hmm. because <laughs> there's billions of people in the world, so we can't have completely unique names for everyone. But I don't think you should name somebody after somebody else mm-hmm. in the way that Harry does with James Sirius and Albus... What's the fucking middle name? Severus. Fuck. <laughs> My brain is just like, Snake doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> Must nah, be someone Harry's else. <laughs> um, let's make, like, besides yeah. Doc Morton, so the I... obvious choice. Like, <laughs> just honestly, any other name would be great. And then maybe if you want to do an mm-hmm. honorific thing, give the middle name to be, like, James or something, or, like, you know, Sirius or Rubius or something like that. I understand. That's fine. So he's got three he's got three kids. I would have, like, each kid has their own distinctive name. I'm not necessarily going to pick one because... It'll just be a name I like that's not got no relevance to Harry Potter. Oh, wait, let's think of what Harry might name him. Like, obviously, besides dead people. What are Harry's other interests besides the dead? Um, Quidditch? Um, <laughs> Quidditch? <laughs> and magic? Ah, uh, we love our boy. He likes death and sports. <laughs> so one of the kids is not serious Potter. <laughs> <laughs> He could keep up the tradition of, like, um, a flower name, because Petunia and Lily are both flower names, so maybe, like, a flower name for uh, the girl could be, like, Daisy or something, or... Because Rose is taken. Mm-hmm. Rose is the older than Lily at that point. Yeah. I love Poppy. That's mm-hmm. a cute flower name. Poppy's a cute mm-hmm. flower name. Um, oh, my brain is going so blank. The only flower I can think of is Orchid, which is not a good name. Iris. That's another flower name. Mm. Iris is good. Daisy's cute. It's weird that there's so many flower names in Harry Potter. It's weird that Hermione and Ron went for a flower name when that's like Harry's mother's yeah. thing, but fine. <laughs> Harry's like so geared to name one of his kids Rose and then Hermione and Ron have Rose and he's like, fuck, like, why'd you do that? <laughs> uh, as if he was ever going to name his kids anything other than his dead I mean, parents. He's, if Harry's a staunch Gryffindor, he could have named one of his kids yeah. Leo, but then I guess that puts a bit of pressure on the kid to be in Gryffindor. Yes, yes, it does. (laughs) He could have kept up the, um, what are stars called? Constellations and stars thing from the House of Black because Sirius is dead. But I guess the Malfoys are kind of doing that now. How awkward would it be if, like, Scorpius Potter shows up and Scorpius Malfoy (laughs) is there too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. We both named our son Scorpius. That would be excellent. Please, someone write me that fanfiction. Right. Because that's great. But if they wanted to, like, knock on Also, 100% Harry was just like, oh, Scorpions are sick. That's a cool name for my son. <laughs> he could have fucking named his kid Treacle, and I would have preferred it more than Albus Severus Potter. Honestly. Yeah. Or just, if he has to be naming his kids after people, I would have preferred yeah. Hagrid. Like, Rubius is a really good name. Yeah. Or Ruby yeah. for a girl. He does. Yeah. I really like yeah. that name. Yeah. Literally anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Throckmorton. Next question. <laughs> uh, yep. What if the flying card decked of Voldemort in the Forbidden Forest? <laughs> so 
Picture this. <laughs> Harry is waiting in the Vin Forest for Voldemort to kill him. He's accepted death. He's feeling cold and empty and worried, but he's also feeling defiant. Voldemort's there and he's like, Harry Potter, come to... And like you hear, you see the flying Ford Anglia burst out of the trees and mince Voldemort in mid-flight. <laughs> Goes the horn. <laughs> The Death Eaters start screaming. I, I just, one more time, can we just get, what what does a car engine sound like, Jen? <laughs> Look. <laughs> that was a completely different noise than you did last time. But I'm glad you corrected your mistake. Like, they're both terrible, but at least it didn't sound like a cat. <laughs> Look, I never claimed I was good at sound effects. <laughs> Painting a word picture. Um, or a guttural screen picture. But yeah, I've seen this floating around on Tumblr a lot too. Yeah, this is another popular Tumblr one. So I think this is also a bit like the James turning into a stag thing. I think it would have been hilarious, and I really think it would have been good if Voldemort got hurt, because I love it when he gets hurt. Yeah. He should get hurt more. But I don't think it ultimately would no. have changed anything <laughs> if he got hit by a car, because it can't kill him. No. Like, the car would have either been exploded by the Death Eaters or it would have taken off into the forest and he would have sent a bunch of Death Eaters to go take care of it, which might have helped less people yeah. die in the final battle, yeah. I guess. And then he just would have turned around and been like, well, that was weird. <laughs> but I yeah, not much is going to change. It's just fucking hilarious. <laughs> the car hits Voldemort. Voldemort sprawled onto the windscreen and the car does the thing where it turns the windscreen wipers on and he gets, like, swished around. <laughs> If nothing else, I wish they'd good. He is but an insect. Else, I wish they'd included it in like the Lego games. <laughs> That's like a funny little clip. <laughs> what if Harry had managed to get a letter at Privet Drive? And also, how would he have um, done it? I mean, I, th I think it's quite feasible that he could have done it if he'd just been a bit smarter about it. Like that part in the no. in, in the movie, especially he's like trying to he's jumping up on the coffee table trying to reach that one letter. It's like just fucking grab as many as you can, shove them down your pants, shove them down everywhere. Stash him everywhere. He's meant to be a seeker. Why can't mm. he catch one letter? And then yeah. run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when all of the letters are like exploding out of the chimney in the movie, just grab one off the floor next to you, shove it down your pants, and then run yeah. out into the street. Just go. Go read it at the park or whatever. You don't need to like climb up on the table and do a little dance. <laughs> it's cinematic, Rio. It's cinematic. <laughs> so yeah, if you'd gotten a letter at Privet Drive, I kind of assumed that, like, the Dursleys just sort of acted the same. Like, if, if Harry had opened that letter and been like, what, I'm a wizard, what's going on? The Dursleys would have just been like, it's some prank, someone's trying to trick you, it's not real. And then Hagrid would have still had to come anyway. He just would have knocked down the door from a drive rather than on the, on the rock in the middle of the sea. Yeah. What I'm worried about is the reason why they sent so many letters is because they knew that Harry wasn't receiving yeah. the letters. Somehow, eventually we have to talk about why Dumbledore has Harry under such tight surveillance and how he knew these things, but whatever. He knows that Harry isn't seeing his letters. So let's say Harry gets hold of, like, the very first letter, the one that comes through the door. Instead of carrying it back to the kitchen with him, he just opens it and reads it right then and there. And the Dursleys are like, it's a terrible joke. Burn this letter. Never speak of it again. Would Hogwarts have continued sending letters or would they have just assumed that Harry's gone to Diagon Alley, got all of his stuff, and he's going to be there. And then when it gets to September 1st, they're like, well, no Harry Potter. Uh, first of all, now no way would they have assumed that Harry would have just gone to Diagon Alley. Because, like you said, Dumbledore has a tight surveillance on Harry, and they know what the, what the Dursleys are like. So they know that it's very unlikely that the Dursleys mm -hmm. are going to be like supportive of Harry going to wizard school. <laughs> so... um they're probably going to do the same thing, either send Hagrid or just keep sending more letters. Or if it does get to the point where Harry is still not there on September 1st, they're going to just pick him up and bring him to school. <laughs> like, they're just going to go to the house and get him. Yeah, because Harry has to go to Hogwarts. There's no question about it. There's no reality in which yeah, he doesn't go to Hogwarts. <laughs> but what if? <laughs> what if Harry never went to Hogwarts? Um, be a pretty boring story. <laughs> Sad story. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, what if he went to, like, um, Bo Battens or Durmstrang or one of the other wizarding schools? Ilvor Morty. I've been pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> if he went to Bobatons, he'd learn how to say Voldemort's name correctly. 
And how is that, Jem? Oh, it's he who must not be named. And he's like, do you mean Voldemort? They're like, oh, la la. <laughs> oh, mon dieu. <laughs> I think it might have actually been less good because I think another school with another teacher would have been inclined to not treat Harry the way that yeah. Dumbledore treats Harry. So he would have grown up like as a much more normal teenager but are much less prepared to face Voldemort and die for the world teenager. And also, regardless, Voldemort still has Horcruxes at Hogwarts and is connected to Hogwarts. So if Harry isn't connected to that space too, he can't defeat Voldemort. Mm. Yeah, he'll never learn the things that he needs to learn and do the things that he needs to do. What if Harry had been sorted into Slytherin and then, like, as sort of subsections, and Hermione and Ravenclaw and Ron and Hufflepuff. So we've got three of- our main three are from three different houses. Okay. Hmm. Well, would they still have met? Well, they'd they'd all have met each other on the train, obviously. Harry and Ron already got along pretty well. I don't know if Ron would have turned on Harry because he dislikes Mm. Slytherins and his family Mm. are biased against them. I think think he would have been um, upset to learn that Harry was sorted into Slytherin and he wouldn't have been a big fan of that. But I think they still spend a lot of time together in class and I think Harry and Ron are good enough friends they would have gotten over it and they still would have been good friends. Yeah, Harry and Ron are meant to be. <laughs> like, they would have found each other. Their single brain cell would have connected across the classroom and they would have found each other. Yeah. And everything that happened with the troll isn't reliant yeah. on them being in Gryffindor. So I think Ron still would have insulted in Hermione in class, Quirrell still lets the troll in, Harry still has to go save Hermione from the troll, they still fuck it up. <laughs> That all works out the same. So I think that the trio still end up being friends, but they just spend less yeah. time together, or the time they do spend together is less often like in the Gryffindor common yeah. room and stuff. It's it's like little things that change. Like Harry can't wake up Ron or Hermione to go on an adventure with him from the Gryffindor common room at night. So the Mirror of Aristide is much more lonely. Uh, <laughs> when they plan their heist to the Philosopher's Stone in the first book, it's going to be more complicated because they all have to meet. Um, so maybe Harry has to go from one house to house entrance to another <clears> to pick them up because it's too dangerous for them to be out at, in the dark without the cloak. Maybe it would make them more measured because I feel like a lot of the time something crazy happens and then they go to the Gryffindor common room and then they all are like, oh my god, this happened and now this is what this means and now we have to do this. And maybe if they all went to their separate houses and they just took the night to just <laughs> chill the fuck out and they couldn't talk about it until breakfast the next day, maybe that would be good for them. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I'm curious to see about, like, how people would treat Harry differently if he was in Slytherin, and how Harry himself might feel about Slytherin once he learns, especially, that Voldemort, the man who killed his parents, was in Slytherin too. Well, Chamber of Secrets would have shaken out most of the same, because they all thought Harry was the heir of Slytherin, even though he was in Gryffindor. If he was actually in Slytherin, I think everyone would have been convinced. I think Harry's going to end up less biased against yeah. Slytherins because he is one. He's like, all Slytherins can't be evil because I'm here. Or maybe he starts to think that there's something in him which is evil. And that whole I'm connected to Voldemort thing messes him up a lot yeah. more a lot earlier. And I also think that he wouldn't have been friends with people like Malfoy. I think like that's what a lot of people would assume. But no, Harry still didn't like Malfoy before he was sorted. He was still like, Malfoy reminds me of Dudley. He's rude to Ron. Like, yeah. I don't like this boy. So Malfoy would have tried even harder to be friends with Harry, especially because mm-hmm. they share a house now. They share a dorm now. But Harry would have still avoided Draco like cancer. And maybe Harry might have brought out the best in other Slytherins because he's that kind of person that sticks up for people who are being bullied or outcasted. And so if there were Slytherins that don't quite fit in mm-hmm. with the Slytherin mold, like Harry might have been like closer to those and buddied up with those and there'd be like a different sort of shift in the house maybe. Yeah. I like to think so. I like to think that he would have had a positive influence on the people around him, more so than the people around him having a negative influence on him. And maybe that would have helped Gryffindor, uh, Slytherin House be better and, you know, change yeah. things up a bit more in the series. I just love to imagine Ravenclaw Hermione being so fucking annoyed at all the other Ravenclaws because they're getting good marks too. So she's under extra pressure. Like in Gryffindor, she can feel a bit better about herself because she can p- compare yeah. herself to dumbass jocks who aren't really trying. But in Ravenclaw, pretty much I'm going to say mm-hmm. 80% of the house is probably trying at every test that they do and is getting really decent marks. So she's feeling the pressure. She's feeling the heat. <laughs> I Yeah, I think Hermione definitely likes being a big fish in a little pond. Hmm. But maybe it would have helped her chill out more to be in a more academic environment and with people who are like, 
yeah, we love school, but you know, we don't only love yeah. school, book smart. <laughs> I also like to imagine just Ron going to the kitchens every night because they're next door. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting that chicken. Fred and George would have shown him how to steal food from the kitchens much earlier because it's probably much easier for Ron yeah. to steal the food for them. Although, downside for Ron, he's the only Weasley now that's not a Gryffindor. That's real sucky because he, he's always felt like an out, like yes. he's the least loved of his family. Now he feels even worse. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a big that deal. Sucks for him. Yeah, it's not so good for Ron. Um, what if Harry didn't become uh, an aura after book seven? Yes. What if he became so something else? Better. I hate Aura Harry. It sucks. So do I. Professor Harry, all the way. Uh, of course he should have been a professor. Of course. Or, even better, homemaker Harry. Stay at home dad. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, no. <laughs> professor Harry's so good. Could you imagine? How embarrassed he make his kids. That's so funny. Professor Harry is so good. <laughs> yes. I think, like, Professor Harry is the dream, especially after Order of the Phoenix when he's teaching Dumbledore's army yeah. and, like, he's so happy and so excited yeah. and so fulfilled. It's, like, the only good thing that happens to him that year. And it, it can sort of, like, because he always respected Dumbledore, mm. too, so he, I just... he can sort of, like, be, like, following in Dumbledore's footsteps, where people expect him to go off and do great things for ministry and stuff, but no, yeah. he wants to stay at Hogwarts and teach. Like, that's what he wants to do. I think he'd enjoy that. I can see Harry very much as being, like, once he gets a bit older and a bit wiser, being like, the shit that happened to me when I was a teenager mm. is awful. Maybe I should be in charge of the next generation of teenagers and make sure nothing yeah. like this ever happens again. That's good. Yeah. So, obviously, like, Professor yeah. Potter is the dream. And, How like, Dark Arts Professor as well, because then he's like, <laughs> you know what, Bro Voldemort? I broke your damn face and I also <laughs> broke your curse yeah, on exactly. this position. <laughs> it's good. But also, I like him just doing other things generally that aren't being a dark wizard yeah. catcher at the Ministry of Magic. Because Harry has done enough dark wizard catching and he's had enough stress said, and trauma in his life. The Let book, the boy rest. He had enough trouble to last him a lifetime. And then just fucking Cursed Child's like, oh, guess what? He became an aura. <laughs> Bullshit. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. No. He doesn't need to become an aura. <sighs> like, just because one Death Eater said one thing to you one time. Yeah. Broaden your horizons. If JK really <laughs> wants to put in our minds that Harry loves the thrill and the adventure and he always kind of seeks out a bit of trouble, make him go into something like a risque business, like, you know, dragon taming or something like that. Or, like, you know, there's lots of risque things he could do yeah. that aren't catching dark wizards and reliving all that trauma from his youth. <laughs> Or something yeah. like something like curse breaking, which is like still still I imagine a very dangerous, exciting profession. But you're not no. actually fighting no. people and like hunting evil. You're just you're undoing bad magic in the world and making the world a safer place. I can see that as a really good yeah, a really good, good profession for Harry. <laughs> yeah. Also, I really don't like that Harry, Ron, and Hermione were both like these three revolutionaries yeah. fighting against the evil system. And then they just grow yeah, up and become right. three government workers. Like, depressing. Yeah. So depressing. So something outside of the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Let him be an independent contractor. I've seen lots of things where, like, he becomes a healer or he becomes something like a Thestral breeder. I think Thestrals and Harry are good. What if he was a PI? That's sick. I could see him doing that. A PI is pretty fun as well. Mm. Write that fanfic. <laughs> There's lots of things that Harry could do. <laughs> this is the part of the show we call Write That Fanfic. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Here's your pitch. Harry Potter, P.I. Go. Uh -huh. Alright. Um... <laughs> Next question. What if Dudley's child was magical? I love this. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah, I this love is... this. I've talked to you about this before, but we've talked about how we would have wanted the cursed child to be. And this is my first step, make Dudley's child magical. That would be, mm -hmm. and that's our new main character. That's Daisy, D Daisy Dursley. Yeah. That's it. Daisy Dursley, yeah. I can't remember if we've done this pitch in an episode before, but at some point we definitely sat down and we plotted out what our mm -hmm. ideal cursed child would be. And Daisy Dursley yeah. is the star of that yeah. show. I love the idea. Yeah. I love the idea it's of Dudley just so having obvious. a magical child because it, in my head it's like, 
Vernon Dursley has grown older and died or passed away. Petunia's grown older and she's gone to a retirement home. She's a bit by herself now. Dudley's like had some time to experience the world, get out of the Dursley trap. He met a woman, fell in love, had a kid. The woman's out of the picture now. I couldn't really be bothered to figure her into the picture. It was a short play. Now he's got this kid and it turns out that she's she's yeah. magical. And he's like, fuck, I don't know what to do. And he calls up Harry. And then, mm-hmm. and then now Harry and Dudley have this connection, yeah. this unwilling connection, because Dudley can't go to anyone else. Harry can't turn away from his cousin in need. And so now it's a good time for, like, healing and, like, mm-hmm. learning from one another in a way that I think is very positive yeah. and very interesting. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's so good because you can take that trope of – well, not that trope – you can take the process of Harry and Dudley healing the hurt that they did to each other and the traumas that they inherited from their parents and their upbringing and, you know, the way they were taught to be and deciding to become friends as adults. And then you can translate that into Daisy's story and you can have her as like a healing force in the wizarding world. Writing wrongs, basically. No Voldemort. And no Voldemort. Anyway. Not Voldemort in the story. If we're going to do a Let him be dead. That's a whole other episode. But yeah. What if Dudley had a magical child? That's what I imagine would happen. It would be a great opportunity for for Harry to enter Dudley's life again and to, like, have a bit of a connection with Dudley. And that's just just such a cute thing. Like, now Dudley gets to sort of be involved with Harry more and see that, you know, the Mm -hmm. wizarding world isn't so scary. It's not something to be afraid of because that's essentially what Dudley is when he thinks of wizards. He's afraid. Yeah, it's all fear. Yeah. I like to think that post-series, Harry and Dudley didn't become friends Mm. and didn't become close, but still sort of kept in contact. They became civil. And they saw each other, maybe not even once a year, but they like yeah. they're on yeah, each other's Christmas card list, I guess. Yeah, because Dudley didn't do enough, like to make up for the harm that was done to Harry. But Dudley yeah. also wasn't directly responsible for a lot of the yeah. harm that was done to Harry. Like he was yeah. a bully, but he was also a child. So I don't want like a full-on redemption arc until he does something to more yeah. earn that arc for me. Yeah. But I like to think Imagine, that they're like, just, they're civil Dudley now. and the Dudley Dursley are on Harry and Ginny's Christmas list in terms of sending cards every year. And then suddenly, after like a few years mm-hmm. when Dudley's kid has grown up to be like 10 or something, <laughs> Harry gets a very urgent letter sent to him and he just opens it and it's just like this big ramble babble of like, Oh my god, my my child is floating on the stairs. Or something. <laughs> it's like I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know who to write to. I can't write to mum about this. She'll fucking blow her head off. Like, like what? How do I get her down? How do I get her down? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm writing a letter with how do I get her down, knowing that you won't get a reply for days. God, that's good. Harry goes over, the child is still on the roof, <laughs> Mary Poppins style, having tea up there. <laughs> I love it. It's also cool because the Dursleys have no concept for like who Harry is and like what it means that they've raised him. So it's cool for like Daisy the to go and learn that man. like her uncle is this <laughs> hero of the wizarding world. Like, the most important person, full stop. And then be like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. What if you got a miniature animated dragon, like the one that Harry was given in the Triwizard Tournament for the first task? Well, point one, I wouldn't lose it like Harry did. (laughs) I would keep it safe and warm. (laughs) We don't know what happened to it. He mentions that he brings it back to his common room and it's flying around the dormitory and then it's just literally never mentioned ever again. What happened to it? What did he do? He lost it. That's what he did. I assumed that it escaped. Yeah, but you can't let it escape to the wild, Rhea. It's a little enchanted dragon. It's just going to get eaten by a bird. It's like the size of a worm. No, I like to think that it roams the halls of Hogwarts, killing mice and beetles and shit. Oh, that's cute. I like that, actually. But, um... I, I myself would try and keep it. I'd make yeah. a little nice little, like, enclosure for it, and I would, like, have a little leash made for it out of twine, and I would take it on walks, and it would just be my little shoulder dragon, and it would just be a nice <laughs> little friend. I don't think it's a pet. I think it's more like a toy. I don't think it's alive. 
In the movies, it is. <laughs> Why do you think it's a lie? Sort of, like enchanted to move around and walk around, like the crumb figurine. If that's like that's what it's like. But in the movies, it like shoots fire and lights yeah. up popcorn and makes popcorn. It's for just you. like a which is sick. <laughs> Does that happen, or is that your dream? No, it happens in the sixth movie. In the sixth movie, it does reappear. It's at Fred and George's shop, and it's in like a big like popcorn machine, and it blows down on the kernels, and the kernels pop into popcorn. Oh, I didn't think that was the same thing. I thought that was like something else that they'd made. But that's sick. No, it was the same dragon. Yeah, so obviously Fred and George make it in the movie canon. <laughs> in the movie canon, they stole it from <laughs> Harry, and he never noticed. <laughs> oh. Actually, I take back everything I've ever said about the movies. They're great and perfect. <laughs> I just think, I don't think it's a pet. I think it's a, it's a model, basically. And I think it would be the coolest accessory ever. I would have it on my shoulder or in my hair or like clinging to me like a brooch and I would just wear it everywhere. <laughs> this is my jewelry. People be like, oh, what a pretty brooch. And they go to touch it and it like bites them. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, like when right. I used to have a rat in my hair all the time. When I was a kid, I had long hair and a rat, and I used to have my rat on my shoulder underneath my hair, and then people yeah, would touch my hair and find a rat. I don't remember you having a rat, and that's probably good. What? Do you remember when I killed a bunch of rats? Oh, yeah, when you killed all those rats. Yeah, definitely. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that because I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite memories of you when, you when you killed all those rats. Please, let's not explain this to the listeners. So many rats. I literally just, I came to and I was just holding so many dead rats and they were just surrounding me. And I was like, how did this happen? How did I get over here? <laughs> <laughs> it's very frightening. Yeah. I, I had a pet rat and she was so cute. Her name was Tink. I originally named her Tinkerbell, and then I decided that I didn't like that because I went through a phase where I hated Disney princesses. So I changed her name to Tink. She's not a Disney princess. <laughs> uh, you don't think Tinkerbell's a princess? She's like the princess of the fairies or whatever. No, she's not. The queen of the fairies is actually the fucking uh, pigeon or whatever it is. Mother Dove, that's her name. Okay. <laughs> I don't know enough to argue with you, and I think you're right. It's Mother Dove. <laughs> Tinkerbell just works in the pots and pans shop in fucking fairy town. God, get your facts right. But whatever. <laughs> when I was a child, I thought she was a princess. Whatever. She was a pretty fairy and I named my rat after her. And then, my... <laughs> and then I was like, princesses and fairies are stupid. My rat's name's Tink. And then I neglected the frat for so long that it went feral and escaped. And that's the story of Rhea's rat that she had as a child. Combined with the story of Jem performing a massacre on rats. God. Uh, what if... <laughs> what if uh, Cassius Warrington had been chosen by the Goblet of Fire? So this is a theory that has been put forward by Crazy But Perfectly Sane yes. on Tumblr. And um, the theory basically goes that in the fourth book, there's a passage where Fred and George hear a rumor that Cassius Warrington put his name into the goblet. And everyone's like, yuck, we can't have a Slytherin champion. But this person on Tumblr has been like, but what if he did get chosen? And then all these events sort of occurred. At first, everyone's really like, oh, yuck, we've got a Slytherin champion. But um, we got Harry as well, so let's support Harry. But then um, Cassius and Harry end up like helping each other a bit throughout the tournament, like, and uh, much like Cedric and Harry do. But actually, probably a bit better, because I don't think Cassius would get together with Cho Chang. So there's no jealousy there. So maybe they actually become closer. Yeah. And then, but then at the end of the tournament in the graveyard, Cassius is still killed by Voldemort, because Voldemort doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and so all the Slytherin students shit themselves, because Cassius Warrington, who was mm -hmm. a child of Death Eaters, was still killed on the spot by Voldemort, and they realised that all the Death Eater mania, the Blood Purist mania, means nothing, because Voldemort just cares about what he, what he wants. So the Slytherins start to have a big attitude shift, and over time, yeah. by the end of the seventh book, they're fighting alongside the rest of Hogwarts, even against their parents. Or their parents are starting to turn side as well, because they realise that their children could be spares too. Mm -hmm. So that's the sort of thing that they put forward, and I love this theory. <laughs> I love it as well. We could have had it all. <laughs> 
Oh, we could have had it all. It could have been so good and so beautiful. What I most like about this, mm. not because it's great, but because it's realistic, is that this redemption arc for Slytherin House doesn't mean it's not based on them letting go of their racist pure blood ideology because that doesn't feel no. very realistic for me to happen like in an instant. It's just based on the realization that Voldemort is an evil I, um, psychopath and he doesn't care about any of them. He doesn't no. care about blood purity. He doesn't care about remaking the world. He will kill any yeah. single one of them even if they've served him loyally, and they just have to get away from him. It's based on the Slytherin ideal of self-preservation. That's what it's based on. Yeah. For your own self-preservation and for, for like, also for Slytherin House and for tradition mm -hmm. and for all those important family bonds and the things yeah. that you believe in, yeah. you have to turn against Voldemort. It's the only way. I think that's very realistic as a turning point for Slytherin House, and I think you can use that as a a jumping off point to reform the house and do better things. It feels really possible. So that's what, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Great theory. We'll add a link to it in the show notes, but um, yeah, very plausible hypothetical. Um, this one's kind of inspired by our last episode. What if you could have any magical artifact in real life? <laughs> and I want to talk about what's the best artifact to have. What's the worst artifact to have and what would you do with it? Wouldn't it be funny if I said the cloak? <laughs> because honestly, it's probably either yeah, the exactly. cloak or the Philosopher's Stone for me. Oh, the Philosopher's Stone. That's such a good choice. Yeah. The Philosopher's Stone is good because instant riches. Like, I don't have to work ever again. I mean, I still want to work, but I don't have to work in order to survive mm -hmm. ever again. So I can actually do what I want to do, the one thing. Yeah, and also, exactly. like, it, it kind of keeps you immortal, but I don't want to do that, so I'm just going to keep it around as, like, a rich-making device. I like the Philosopher's Stone because yeah. it grants you longer life, but not immortality. So, yeah. like, you could kick around for a few more years. Yeah, you don't have to kick around for a few more 10,000 years. You could just be like, oh, you know, I want to see all my grandchildren be born yeah. and grow up into teenagers, and then I'll check out once it gets hard. <laughs> then I'll die <laughs> once they're all teenagers. It doesn't keep you young either, like Elizabeth Batchery stuff. It just, like, you still age, but you can just choose to lengthen your life. So that's handy. Yeah. Yeah. So Philosopher's Stone is pretty good. Philosopher's Stone is pretty good. I should probably have thought of an answer before I said this question, because <laughs> now I'm blanking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's think of some magical items. You've got the Time Turner. Uh, You've got Quidditch uh, mm. Broom. No. No. I think the Extendable Bag... Hermione's extendable bag is pretty good. Oh, that's a really good one. Yes, that's fucking good. Obviously, I'm thinking that in this scenario, we're muggles, right? Like, we're using these in the real because world. Because I, yeah. I want- yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. I want something that's cool, but I don't want something that's going to so completely disrupt my life. Something like, um, I don't know, like a philosopher's stone, I guess, or the pensieve or something. Like, how yeah. do I explain that if, in if anyone ever finds it? If anyone ever finds that I have a cool bag that I can fit yeah. a lot of stuff in, like, that's not too suspicious. I can kind of get away with it. If somebody <laughs> yeah, finds that I have true. a rock that makes gold, like, um, that's my life over. But the bag is good, because, again, like Mary Poppins, I would just keep yeah. my entire life in it. <laughs> like, I could keep so much stuff in there. It's good in an apocalypse survival scenario. What the hell, Rhea? It's good to have, like, backups of everything. So I could have backups of all my important documents I could have backups of like, at the moment, um, I'm trying to save up enough money so that I can have backups of all of my cat's needs. Like I have cat food and stuff like that. And I want to have enough put away in storage that if I lost my job yeah. and couldn't afford food for a couple of months, I can still keep my cat fed. So if I had all of that shit yeah. in this bag, I never have to think about it ever again. Also yeah. good for stealing because I can go into a store and drop everything in the bag and then good luck searching me, officer. It's in my bra and it's like a purse yeah it's it's undetectable extension charm and it's got a lightning charm on it too so it's perfect like imagine going on a flight to another country and you know yeah. how they like make you pay extra for your baggage and stuff like that if it's over a certain weight you just bring a fucking you just bring your tiny little purse through the metal detectors mm -hmm. it's so easy to move around you don't have to feel stressed at all you've got everything that you need in this tiny little purse no problems mm -hmm. i never have to get rid of a book ever again yeah. No. 
I can just have all of my books all the time, no matter how heavy <laughs> and many of them I get. The only problem is getting stuff out of it, because if we don't have a wand, we're, not, we're muggles. So we got to fish around. Yeah. But hey, I have to do that anyway with my actual bag. Yes, that will be frustrating. <laughs> but... I'm like, oh, there's the Mentos, there's the first aid kit, there's the chopsticks, <laughs> yeah. there's the knife and fork. <laughs> there's the 20 napkins I have, there's the three different containers of Panadol, there's, there's the mints that are empty except for one there's last mint that I refuse to <laughs> eat. <laughs> All this crap. So much shit that I am carrying around. Here's 50 receipts. Five lipsticks. Here's a singular fork and another singular fork and a fork and knife set. <laughs> Anyway, enough of the contents of our bags. <laughs> I think the bag's the best item. Hands down, the worst item is the remember all. Yeah, bullshit. If I had the remember all, I would smash it with a hammer. Like, <laughs> I would rather have nothing than the remember all. Also, I don't need it because I just set alarms for everything, so <laughs> I never forget things. <laughs> I forget things constantly, and I don't want a ball <laughs> that's like, hey, you forgot something. Fuck that. I know I've forgotten something. I've always forgotten something. I think um, another kind of useful one might be the time turner because time travel in this universe exists in such a way where it doesn't make off like an offshoot in Back to the Future. It's just like it always happened. So it could be useful to like go back if you ever need to like remind, like do something urgently. Yep. Like it just could be useful, but I, I wouldn't use it all the time. Something that I would use all the time would be the bag or the stone. With the time yeah. turner, you could possibly organize your day really easily. Like, oh uh, yeah. If you've ever had like you know that assignment that you need to get done, you can give yourself an extra few hours to do the assignment and yeah. an extra few hours to sleep. So you can like finish your assignment at like three a.m., go to bed, have a couple of hours of sleep, get up, reset the time with your time turner, yeah. go back to bed, continue sleeping, and then wake up and yeah. it's still four a.m. Yeah, and then you can start your day really, really early. Um, so you choose the bag? I choose the bag. Yeah, I think the bag's pretty good. I really like the bag too. Um, what if yeah. Voldemort dropkicked Harry out of the window? <laughs> Newborn Harry, just to, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> so what if instead of Voldemort being like, I'm going to use the killing curse on this child because I'm an arrogant guy and I only use magic for everything. He just went, I'm going to punch this child in the face or I'm going to snap his neck or I'm going to throw him out the window. Then his problem would have been solved instantly. <laughs> well, to me, that's a big if, because one of two things happens. Harry dies and Voldemort wins and rules the world forever. Huh. Or Lily's magic still protects him. Because, uh, actually, no, I think it depends. If Voldemort wants to punch Harry to death, then I think Lily's protection comes into play. Because I feel like Lily's magic protects Harry from harm done to him by Voldemort. If Voldemort picks Harry up by the neck and throws him out the window, then technically it's the ground that's killing him. So I think Harry dies. Yeah. It depends how the magic works. Because obviously with a spell, it's very clear. Voldemort can't kill Harry in the spell. But maybe the, the spell works in such a way where if Voldemort did yeet him out the window, Harry would mm -hmm. just fall to the ground like it was a cushion and he would be fine. I'm trying to think of the times that Harry has confronted Voldemort. Because it's got to be pre-book four, because yeah. in book four, things go weird because Voldemort so takes Harry's blood. So ignoring that, mm, Voldemort Voldemort couldn't touch him in the first book. It burned Quirrell to death when he tried to touch him. So maybe he couldn't even pick Harry up with the intention of doing him harm. Maybe he couldn't punch him to death. Mm, I keep changing my mind because I'm like, I think he could pick him up and throw him out the window. But I think yeah, if Voldemort picked Harry up with the intention of throwing him out the window, yeah. his hands would get so burned that he wouldn't be able to do it. But if I picked up a baby and then my hands started burning, I would drop that baby. And you know what babies don't like? Being dropped. So maybe it would just kill him. Yeah. I still feel like if Voldemort has the intention of killing Harry and the love spell is in place, he can't. That's what I feel like it is. So even if Voldemort eats him out the window, if he drops a piano on him or anything like that, Harry can't die by Voldemort's hand at that time. That's what I feel like. I feel like a love spell is that strong. Yeah. In the second yes. book, yeah. the Horcrux gets around it by setting a basilisk on Harry. So I feel like, well, if Voldemort doesn't have Nagini when Harry's a baby, but if Voldemort like conjured a snake, no. If Voldemort just had an animal. Or just had a friend come with him. Or just a death eater. <laughs> 
Yeah, if Voldemort just had somebody with him. A regular Death Eater could have punched <laughs> Harry out the window or snapped his neck or punched him to death. Or, I don't know. Many of these hilarious yeah, baby deaths um, we've been pitching back and forth. Yeah, that's what I think. So could Voldemort just have drop-kicked Harry at the window? I don't think so. But he could have brought a friend who could have drop-kicked Harry at the window. Yeah. What kind of a friend is that? <laughs> a true friend. If your friend called you up and is like, hey, I know this is a bit weird, but I got a job for you to do. Do you reckon you can do it? It's like, and what are friends for? Like, I want you to drop a baby out of the window. <laughs> would you do it? Look, I would do it myself, but there's magic in the way that's stopping me, so I need you to do it. <laughs> well, it depends. Is this kid an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Does this kid suck? Is this kid going to kill my friend one day? Maybe. Yeah, if my friend asked me to kill a baby, I would not do it. If my overlord, who I was, like, dedicated to <laughs> serving so. and who had absolute power over me, told me yeah, to kill a baby, not. then yeah, probably. Um, what if Hagrid actually did let Harry buy a solid gold cauldron? <laughs> <laughs> then Harry would be that bitch. Could you imagine him plonking it down first day of potions? Snape. Fuck. Snape would have a riot. <laughs> Oh, new <laughs> what? <laughs> a solid gold, like, uh, solid I just... gold cauldron for Potter. Pewter's too <laughs> base for Potter. Solid gold. Oh, Harry would be so embarrassed. Could you imagine? He would go red from ear to ear. He would never show his face. Like he would just like sheepishly tuck uh. the cauldron under his desk and hope that everyone forgot about it. But no one would ever forget. <laughs> None of the Slytherins would forget. <laughs> No. Remember when Potter rocked up to our first day of potions with a solid gold cauldron? They'd be calling him Gold Cauldron oh, Potter forever. He's so good. I love Harry. Oh, Harry. <laughs> Goldie Coldie. Gauldron. Um, one thing that I think absolutely, definitely, 100% would have happened, if Harry rocked up with a solid gold cauldron and for some reason... Snape was like, oh no, we're not going to order a pewter one for Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter will be using his gold cauldron because he's so special and important. One week later, Draco Malfoy gets a gold cauldron. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. um, What if Voldemort felt remorse? So this is in reference to, there's like two ways that you can like be defeated when you've made Horcruxes. Either you get all your Horcruxes destroyed and then you get killed like a common man. Or you feel remorse and you, like, what does it, how's it work again? <laughs> Tell me how it works. I don't know. I can't remember what you're talking about. Okay. So there's, Hermione's talking about, like, there's no way that Voldemort can be stopped because he's gone too far. The only way, except for one way. And Harry's like, what do you mean? She said, if Voldemort were to feel remorse for all the bad things he's ever done, then he would be free of the Horcruxes and he could live a normal life and, like, move on. But it's so hard and so painful and difficult that the pain of it will probably kill him. Or something like that, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. Right, right, right. I've always been curious about that because obviously it was never going to happen. Yeah, I do remember that. not human. But what if it did? Like, what if Voldemort really truly felt remorse for everything that he'd done and went from being villain to obviously going to prison and stuff like that, but becoming a normal human for once, actually learning to live with what he'd done and -hmm. accept what he'd done? What would happen? Like, I can't even imagine the impact that would have on the magical world. Yeah, it's it's kind of what happens in a very Potter musical, <laughs> to be frank. Yeah, it is what happens. Um, <laughs> but that's like a comedy. So in the musical, Voldemort was able to feel remorse because he was in a relationship with Quirrell, which was great. And so that humanized him. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and they adopted a daughter. Yeah. Well, I think it, it would have been a very different story. A lot more complex at the end. I think it would have been good. Less of like, you know, everything ends in a big fight between the bad guy and the good guy, and the good guy wins. Yeah. And like, more about, you know, it's about forgiveness and about healing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it would have had to have been set up a lot earlier, because we only start really learning stuff about Voldemort's past and his childhood and who he is in the sixth book. We would have had to have started learning that from book four, I reckon. And then- Building in mm-hmm. the idea that Voldemort has potential for remorse, but it's so slim, it's so I slim, think so. it would never possibly happen. 
And then it would have to be building in more of a connection between Harry and Voldemort. And how can Harry, like, if, mm. if, if Voldemort and Harry share a connection, share a mind connection, can they communicate with one another? Kind of like in uh, Last Jedi, where Rey and Kylo have this connection. Could, could a similar thing with Harry and uh, Voldemort work? Where they sort of build yeah, a yeah. rapport outside of, I'm going to kill you, boy, and nah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if, if it really did build in this idea and then it played out where Voldemort felt such remorse and that's how the battle ended with him just being in excruciating pain and either dying that way I think actually I would prefer it if he died so if he felt so much pain and remorse that he died I think that's a simplistic way to do it um, mm. but it's also kind of poetic in a way where it's like that was better for him and I think the world is able to heal better from that if he dies but if he does survive I think after, so if Tom Riddle survives and is now like a human person capable of more complex human emotions than just fear and hatred, then the, it raises so many more questions. It, you'd have to write a whole other series about how the world moves on from that. <laughs> like, it's just, it raises so much more. Yeah. yeah. Having him die is sort yeah. of going like the Darth Vader route, you know, where he gets his redemption, but then he dies immediately. Having him live is yeah. like, then you have to tell the story of how does Voldemort function in society? Yeah. Because obviously he has yeah. to dedicate his life to healing the hurt that he did yeah. to the magical community. But he can't because obviously. Yeah, well he's gotta be in jail no. because he's gotta be punished, yeah. but he has to like you can't just you can't just let him roam. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But in order to in order to do something with that remorse, because if he's just in jail, then he just sits around moping and feeling sorry for yeah. himself. And that's not that's not redemption. He has to do something to heal. So you need a whole nother series. You're right. You need a second series that deals with this. <laughs> yeah, it'd be yikes. But I reckon how fascinating. Another way to do it, if you want to bring in some more like magical stuff, you bring in the concept of the Horcrux, right? So every time Voldemort does something bad, he tears his soul. So you would have it that the first time he tore his soul, he tore it into a uh -huh. part that is Tom Riddle yeah. prior to doing anything bad and a part that has the bit of the murdery bit in him. And then the murdery bit gets worse and worse and worse. So the part of Voldemort's soul that's still in his body is the most damaged and irreparable. But the part that's in the original Horcrux is like the most pure version of him you can get. And then you do some sort of magical bullshit. You change all the details around this so that the first Horcrux is the last one that Harry finds. And then you can do something with that last Horcrux to put that part of Voldemort's soul back into his body and he yeah. becomes Tom Riddle again. Yeah. And then he yeah, gets a second chance and he goes to prison or whatever. That would be that would be very interesting, yeah, but it would be a very different story. And I don't know if it would be as popular. Uh my last question is from the Twitter. Do you have your phone because mine's on charge? <laughs> uh I have the person's name if you want it. Yes. Can you read out the name, please? Nora, is it? It was Nora Clark at ghostrat underscore in town on Twitter. Nice. Love it. They put forward, uh, what if Hogwarts didn't have a house system, basically, right? That was their question. Yeah. What if Hogwarts wasn't separated into houses? Yes. So much better. I'm a little bit hesitant on this one because I kind of think we can do a whole episode of this. We could make it into a debate episode where it's like one of us argues pro-house, another one argues against house. I think there's a full episode in this. Okay. Well, strong shout out to uh, at Ghost Rat in town. Thank you for the episode suggestion. <laughs> we will release it soon. Oh, and also I should do one more shout out. So somebody on Tumblr yep. asked us to do the hypothetical what if James attacked Harry, attacked uh, Voldemort as a stag. And let me just get that person. Uh, that was hopelessly drary on Tumblr. Thank you very much for that suggestion. We talked about it. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, this is like, if you want us to do more what if episodes like this, just, just chime off. <laughs> chime off, bro. Um, let, let us know and um, give us some hypotheticals to talk about and we'll talk about them. <laughs> All right. I have been Jem and I think that Harry's son should have been called Throckmorton. <laughs> <laughs> I have been Rhea, your solid gold host. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. 
This show is written and edited by Ria and Jem. You can send us an email at 93quarterspodcast at gmail.com, find us on Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at podcast93quarters, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Ria is at SmashMathRia, and me, Jem, is at Jem underscore just Jem. Please feel free to send theories or ask us questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Thank you so much to those on Twitter and Tumblr who asked us to answer some hypotheticals. We had a lot of fun doing it. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Another Story by Nicholas Hooper, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You hear from us again in two weeks' time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.